All right, guys, welcome in to today's episode of the Southeast Suits Podcast. It is Monday, October 22nd, 2018. On today's episode of the podcast, we're going to jump into part three of the SEC Breakout Player Series for the 2018-19 season. Uh, before we do that, a couple of things. Uh, if you've been over at the website here over the past week or so, you've seen a lot of written stuff going up on uh, all the stuff that I gathered from SEC Media Day last week in Birmingham. Uh, stories continue to go up over there. I have stories going up in other places as well. Uh, CBBToday.com. I also do some some written stuff over there. I've had a couple featured stories go up on Mississippi State and South Carolina. Uh, so you can read those over there. The rest of it, it's all over at southeasthoops.com. Uh, so be sure to check out all that. We've got stuff coming at you fast uh, right now as we get prepared for the start of the season here in a couple weeks. So plenty of stuff going up each day. So uh, be sure you go ahead and uh, head over to the site and check it out on a regular basis. That way you can get the written stuff along with the podcast as well. Also, uh, it was certainly a huge news night on Sunday night in SEC basketball, and it wasn't good news as Missouri sophomore Jonte Porter will now miss the entire regular season uh, with a torn ACL and MCL that he suffered in their closed scrimmage against Southern Illinois, and it's just, you don't really know what to say when that kind of stuff happens, and it's just, it's brutal because you look at a guy who came back uh, last year could have been a first-round draft pick, decides to come back, improve his draft stock uh, so he can really move up and be someone that, that's taken very highly in the 2019 draft. And then this happens right before the season starts. You know, I saw him last week at Media Day there in Birmingham, and he was excited. Conzo Martin was excited. Uh, they thought, even though uh, you know what they lost last year, they thought there was still a team here that they felt like could get back to the NCAA tournament, really compete up there with, with the upper echelon in the SEC. And now to have this happen, uh, it's just brutal. It, it, it absolutely is. And I know for Missouri fans, it's something that you look up and it's almost like it's just a bad dream. When you look at last year, yes, you get to the NCAA tournament last year, you turn things around, but you go the entire season without Michael Porter Jr., uh, who was hurt from the very beginning. And now to have Jonte out, for the year with this it's just awful and it's awful for all parties especially for Jonte of course you know someone who is you know really trying to get to that next level and that's kind of his goal so you certainly wish for, for a speedy recovery for him uh, so that he can get back be the same type of player he was before uh, but it, it will be something where Conzo Martin and his staff are going to have to reshuffle a lot of things because we know how much they were going to depend on him this season and now to move forward without him, uh, it's going to take you know a lot of players stepping up. And one of those players will be Jeremiah Tillman, who we've talked about in this SEC breakout player series. Uh, we really thought there was a chance that he was going to break out and be a dominant player this year. Now he's definitely going to have even a, more of a bigger role than he was going to have before uh, alongside Porter. So it's going to be very interesting to watch how that team moves forward now. And uh, it will be very interesting to watch, of course, uh, how Jonte recovers and is able to get back on the court, hopefully, as soon as he can and as soon as he's ready to go. Uh, because uh, he's, he's, without a doubt, one of the most exciting players to watch just in terms of that, the way he plays. And it, it's just, uh, it is. It hurts, it hurts everyone. It's a, just a tough thing to, to see right before the season starts. We always say injuries happen. 
but it doesn't make it any easier when you have a player like that uh, that goes down and will miss the entire season. So uh, we'll continue to follow that. But uh, jumping into the Breakout Players series here, part three, uh, three more players to take a look at as we continue to march towards the start of the regular season. And we start in Columbia with uh, a player that had a really good freshman year, played a lot of minutes. Uh, In fact, it was the second most minutes played by a freshman in the Frank Martin era there at South Carolina. And that is Justin Minaya. Um, He's someone, you look at last year, you look at his stats, 7.9 points per game, 4.2 rebounds per game. He had 1.5 assists. And uh, the the biggest thing I think you look at is that he started 30 games. And we always talk about the value of freshmen getting the experience very early on, uh, getting a chance as freshmen to go through the grind of an entire season because there is a transition process. When you go from high school to college, it's it's more of a grind. We know how that works. Uh, You're going from one level to the next and experiencing trying to be consistent throughout that entire grind of a regular season, especially in a league like the SEC now, that's as tough as it is, it's not easy to do. And Manaya had his ups and downs last year. The consistency wasn't always there, but that's to be expected with freshmen, as we know. And I think now you look at him going into his sophomore season, and the expectations will be even higher. South Carolina wants to move back up the ladder. They want to get back up there uh, in that that top part of, of the SEC standings like they were a couple years ago when they made the Final Four run when things really started to turn around as a program. And I think Manaya is going to be someone they're going to have to lean on to be able to do that, along with Chris Silva, of course, uh, who will be the main threat there for them this season. But when you look at Manaya, uh, one of the more valuable experiences as well, not just what he played as a freshman, but I think you look at what happened this summer. He got a chance to play against international competition. He played for USAE's coach this summer, uh, had a chance to go overseas, play teams. Uh, that is always a big thing. You know, I talk to coaches all the time. Uh, both on this podcast, both on the Marching to Madness podcast that I do. And they always kind of bring up that that process, that that development that you get from playing uh, that kind of competition, you know, going against different types of players with different styles. And I think Manaya had a chance to do that this summer, uh, and now he'll be able to use that as one piece of the puzzle as he goes into this season. I think something that you look at, South Carolina's percentages as a whole last year, which we talked about a lot, uh, they were not a great shooting team, and that's one area they're going to have to be a lot better at. And Manaya, you know, was not someone that was kind of above the pack in that. I mean, he did only shoot. Uh, he struggled from two-point. He shot 42.9% from, from that part of the floor. Uh, he did shoot 35.8% from three, but th- there are chances now for those to go up, and we also see that in that freshman to sophomore transition you get more familiar kind of with the def- defense you're playing, the defenders, how they play against you, and you want to try to get your percentages moving up each year, as we know. And so I think he'll have an opportunity to do that now that he's more acclimated with kind of the, the defensive styles. He's going to see how people play them uh, on a night-in, night-out basis. So I think he's going to be someone that, that's really worth watching because South Carolina is going to need someone to really break out. We've talked about Hassani Gravit. We've talked about... Uh, Mike Coates are, and, and we know those guys are going to be important pieces of the puzzle as well. But I do think Manaya, along with several of these newcomers that they're going to have, especially in the backcourt, he's going to have to be someone that kind of really takes a big step forward from freshman to sophomore now. Because we know, like I mentioned before, we know all the attention's going to Chris Silva. You've got a, a first-team All-SEC player. 
You've got a potential SEC player of the year, probably going to be the SEC's defensive player of the year again. Uh, He's just got so many things that he does well, and that's going to draw a lot of attention. So South Carolina's got to have people that can make open shots. Uh, When people do double-team Silva in the paint, when when they help off to to kind of try to control him, there's got to be people that can make open shots. And last year they didn't have that enough on a consistent basis, but I do think Mania can be someone that can be that guy this year. That kind of goes from playing a, a, a good role as a freshman to being able to play a much larger role now this year uh, because he's going to have some help alongside him as well. Trey Campbell comes over. I think he's going to be someone they're going to be able to rely on as well. But I do think we, we could see Manaya kind of have that breakout season and really be someone that the Gamecocks can rely on as they try to go back up the SEC ladder there. So moving on to another player to keep an eye on as we head into the 2018-19 season, and it's one where I think you looked around last year and you could really tell right away, and I think we all knew that he was going to have a chance to play a pretty big role right away for this team, and I think he did uh, in helping this team achieve some really great things, and that is Auburn forward Chumo Kiki, where we talked about him so much last year. And remember when we had Bruce Pearl on last summer, and he just he was raving about him. He knew that this was the kind of player that he wanted in the particular system that he wanted to play. And, you know, we always talk about guys that maybe are specialists. Uh, You know, you have a three-point specialist. You have a rebounding specialist. You have guys who maybe can really excel in one area, maybe kind of aren't as good in other areas. But I think when you look at someone like Chumo Kiki, he's so good in a lot of different areas. And he, he does it as an underclassman. And I think that's the biggest thing where you look and talk about potential He's doing this, you know, as a freshman with what he did last year, where he contributed for Auburn in so many different ways. And I think that's hard for a coach like Bruce Pearl to take a guy off the floor that can do all those things. And I think you saw that last year. If you go through his stat line, average 7.5 points per game, 5.8 rebounds per game. Uh, He played 21.6 minutes. So he was a very valuable part of that team that that captured an SEC regular season title. Uh, He shot 45.8% from the floor, 39.1% from three. So he really excelled in many different areas. And I think one of the things that I liked the most from him last year that you kind of looked at was when Anthony McLemore went down uh, with that injury. You saw Okiki step his game up to another level. You saw that glimpse of kind of what he could be now as he goes into his sophomore season. Uh, He really had a lot of momentum there down the stretch last year. I think you look at their final eight games, he had at least eight rebounds in seven of their final eight games last year. So he took that challenge knowing that he had to kind of pick up what McLemore was doing and he was able to really be a major contributor for them down the stretch, just as he was the entire season. He played an important role for them, and it's only going to be, uh, I think, even more of an important role this season now as he goes into it and has a chance to really be one of the SEC top breakout players. I think when we talk about that versatility, coaches always say it, you know, you want a guy that's versatile, you want a guy that you feel like you can keep him on the floor, Uh, in really any different situation. You don't have to take him out because maybe he's not going to be able to do this. Uh, He's someone that you feel like can make a play in a lot of different situations. He can guard multiple positions. He can play, you know, in your system as a guard, as a forward. It doesn't matter, and I think that's why he excels 
in, in what Bruce Pearl wants to do because we know Auburn wants to get up and down the floor. Uh, they want to be able to do things in transition. They want their big men uh, to be able to step out and shoot the three uh, or be able to you know help on the defensive end, to rebound. Uh, he can do all that, and I think just his awareness as a freshman was something that really stood out. Uh, really high basketball awareness. And, and as he continues to mature, as he continues to get older, uh, that's only going to get better. And I think that's something where we're going to watch him this year, even with Austin Wiley coming back, even with Daniel Purifoy coming back, uh, McLemore's back from the injury. You're still going to see Chumo Kiki play a key role for this team as they try to get back and stay at the top of the SEC this year. Uh, you know, what's not to like about a player that can help you in all those different ways. And I think we're going to see him really take another step forward uh, as he continues to kind of develop as a player. And, you know, you just look at it, it's just, again, what's not to like about a player like that uh, who can kind of do what what he can do. And I think Chumo Kiki's in for a big year there for the Tigers. And finally, to wrap up part three of the SEC Breakout Players List, uh, we move to Oxford, where there's a new head coach in Kermit Davis, and there's a lot of new players on that roster to go along with guys like Terrence Davis, uh, Brian Tyree, Bruce Stevens, Devontae Shuler, guys like that. Um, but there's a lot of newcomers, and I think one newcomer in particular uh, has really gotten a lot of attention this offseason, and you could see him uh, kind of step into uh, a really prominent Uh, sort of spot for the Rebels this upcoming season, and that is freshman forward Blake Henson. Uh, I've talked about him all summer because I go back to the SEC Coaches Summer Teleconference uh, where you talk about kind of that excitement. You could hear it in Kermit Davis' voice. Um, He was excited about the process of taking over the Ole Miss job, getting everything in place, uh, seeing how everything kind of came together, Uh, but he was also excited about Blake Henson, and you could hear it. Uh, I could tell that right away when he was talking about Henson's maturity, and he called him, you know, one of the, if not the most mature freshman that he's coached. And I kind of followed up on that with him at SEC Media Day and just kind of talked about his development throughout the offseason. And, and, you know, Kermit Davis kind of said he just, his versatility on offense, being able to drive the lane, being able to step out and shoot a three, goes back to what we talked about with a guy like Chumo Kiki, where you have a forward like that that has that versatility. And, is a, and isn't necessarily boxed in on the offensive end where he can only do one specific thing. I think that's where Henson is, you know, at this point where he can. He can help him on offense in multiple ways. He's going to have to be uh, a good defender. We've talked about Ole Miss's defense. That's an area that's got to get better uh, for them to be able to, to make those strides to, to advance as a program. They've got to be consistent on the defensive end. Uh, but Henson, a very athletic guy, I think he's going to bring some physicality for them. And I think something else that Kermit Davis said, you know, he said, you know, if, if we started today when we were talking uh, there last Wednesday, if we started today, you know, Blake Henson would start at the four for us. So it's clear that Henson is someone like some of these other newcomers that they're going to throw into the mix and they're going to want them to produce uh, right away because that that's kind of the thing too when you look at a group like this where you have so many newcomers but you do have that nucleus that you can rely on like we mentioned earlier uh, you do have guys coming back that have experience and played you know the past couple years there they're going to have their opportunities but when you have a group of newcomers as many as Ole Miss does they're all going to get that that chance early on to kind of make their presence felt on this team 
And I think when you look at that entire group, it does look like Henson's someone that is kind of going to stand out and really have a chance to, to cement himself as someone that's a key part uh, of this Ole Miss team this season. And I think that's something that you look at um, when you have freshmen and you don't ever know kind of how they're going to respond. But it's clear that Kermit Davis has loved how Blake Henson has responded since he's been on campus, and that is something where I think you're going to look at him. You're going to see him as someone, you know, not he's not going to be maybe an, an all-SEC player this year, but Davis did say uh, he thinks he's going to be an all-SEC caliber player by the time he leaves Ole Miss, and just getting that development earlier, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be thrown into the mix right away, like I mentioned, you know, being able to, to have a chance probably to start on this team and get valuable minutes, he's going to get that experience and that's only going to help him moving forward. So uh, Blake Hitson, something to, someone to watch there at Ole Miss as the Rebels. To me, the more I look at them, the more you do research on them, they're a very intriguing team, and they may be a team, despite being picked last in the SEC, they may have a chance uh, to really surprise some people this year as long as they can get things straightened out there on the defensive end of the floor. So that'll wrap up this edition of the Southeast Tubes podcast and part three of the SEC Breakout Player Series. Uh, We'll have more of these on the way for you guys here. Another uh, installment next week. And the season will be here before you know it, guys. We're only a couple weeks away now. Uh, So like I mentioned earlier, if you want to catch up on all the stuff that we have going on over at southeasthoops.com, be sure to head over there. Uh, A ton of written stuff going up now. Multiple stories going up each day uh, on all the stuff happening around the league. I've got a lot of previews up there now with, with the stuff from SEC Media Day. Uh, Some really good stories, some really good uh, thoughts from coaches on their team heading into the season. So be sure you read those. And, of course, be sure you subscribe to the Southeast Hoops podcast on iTunes. Just go over there, search for Southeast Hoops. That way you get all these episodes delivered to you as soon as they go up. As I mentioned last week, have some great guests on the way for you guys. We're going to talk about a lot of different areas of of SEC basketball heading into the season. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of that. Uh, that we do have on the way. So thanks as always for listening, and I will talk to you guys next time.